Welcome back to the This Is Jazz Today playlist podcast. Uh, we are talking about new releases today uh, from around the jazz world uh, for July 2020. And we're looking back at all of the, of the albums that have come out. And we've selected 10 new ones to feature here on the playlist. I'm joined today by our playlist aficionado and researcher extraordinaire, uh, Alan Blanchard, coming to us live from his new setup, his new place he moved to a new new apartment this month so it's a very exciting uh time so alan thanks for being here and thanks for this new edition of the playlist yeah i mean it's it's all good i do think playlist aficionado is a little bit too much of an upsell but yeah well everyone you know everyone that's listening you know if they have tracks and they want you to listen because you're this playlist aficionado you know they can just send it to you alan at outsideofmusic.com and alan will add it to all of his playlists I'm kidding. Alan just does <laughs> our, our outside of music playlist. Um, but uh, if you are releasing music and do want to send it in, we are happy to happy to take a listen if you feel like it's a good good fit with what we've got going on. So without further ado, I'm going to stop talking and let Alan tell us a little bit about this first recording. We've got a great uh, standard by a great bassist here to kick things off. Yeah, so the first uh, track this time around is by Jorge Roder. Uh, it's the new album, El Sueño Mio. Um, I thought this was really cool because the entire album is just solo bass, which oh, wow. was something I wasn't uh, expecting. I feel like someone, didn't John Patitucci do that? Uh, yeah, recently, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. It's really cool because um, when I think of solo bass, I'll think of like little short videos or whatnot of like Avi Shaikon or something playing. Um, and so I don't know, especially with this being a standard. I'll remember April being able to hear like the interpretation of it and how with an instrument that I that certainly isn't one you normally think of solo. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really cool to hear like how the rhythm's moving and how the melody's being portrayed, but also like the different things that do harmony, you know, uh, the, the balance of like, we're just uh, imposing it upon how he's playing the melody because we know that tune, like we know how it's going to go. We know the A section is all this or whatever, but also how he's giving the uh, the references to the harmony or whatnot and help filling it out and making it a little bit easier on your ear. So I think it's really cool. There's also a large variety of music on here. Um, going along with like his background and his heritage and everything. Um, some South American songs, um, some Brazilian composer from uh, Noel Rosa. Um, let's see. I mean, they do a, uh, they, he does like a thing thing, which is evidently like some Bill Evans and Keith Jarrett and Lenny Tristano influences and all this stuff. So it's really interesting to read about it and try and then like, listen for that you know when you're just talking about solo bass Mm -hmm. um so i mean it's cool it's cool i think uh some people i think bass players will obviously be into it i think everybody else it kind of provides a unique perspective on something that we generally don't attribute to that role for sure for sure i feel like there's been a good amount of uh, these solo bass records coming out and i suppose it makes sense given our current uh situation it's the only thing they can do no i'm kidding um, there's, did you see the video of Jorge playing with Dan Tepfer? They got that uh, Jack Link thing to work. 
No, I had never heard of Jorge before this. Like this was the first time I knew he existed. You know, I'm sure I've heard him in some other capacity, but no. Yeah, yeah. He he plays with a lot of people, um, but uh, he play. He did. You know, Dan Tepfer, the pianist. Mm-hmm. So he he was like experimenting with this Jack Trip. Jack Trip. I said Jack Link. Jack Trip, uh, which is like software for playing live in real time on the computer and they they did it uh i don't know if they did it on zoom but they did it uh and then dan has continued to do it but i remember that they did did some duos back i don't know when but it it is possible to do it but you have to set up these like kind of crazy i don't know like custom you have to be know how to use a computer more than i know how to use a computer you have to be able to like go into the command window and like open up the stuff but if you're a person that's like really good with that sort of stuff uh there there is that possibility but he said it's still you have to be within like a certain distance like because sound like the data travels at a certain speed and for it to be oh. imperceptible it has to be within a certain distance even if it's hardwired which this is and that uh i don't know something about something about like it has to be within 50 miles or 20 miles or or else it's too the lag is too much so that's wild. Anyway, it's pretty interesting. They posted a, they talk about doing it and they talk about, I think it's on YouTube. Maybe it was Facebook Live. Anyway. But Dan Tepfer is this, you know, he's a great musician. He's also like, you know, a genius kind of person too. So figured all this stuff out. Anyway, but that's cool. And so Jorge is a great bassist. And uh, we'll check out this. I'll have to check out the rest of this record. I haven't checked out. Um, I haven't checked it out yet. But uh, of course, we have to go straight to all trumpet players on the rest of this playlist. No, I'm kidding. It, it definitely, there's a lot of trumpet players on this playlist. So I'll accept the, every part of that. Um, but a great one here from Derek Gardner. Yeah, uh, Derek Gardner and the uh, Big Dig Band. Um, I also did not know that this was Vincent Gardner's brother. I know. Well. Yeah, I didn't know much about Derek at all. Uh, like he'd also played in the bassy orchestra and and everything um so i don't know i was reading more about this album because it's obviously like it's just a good big band album the people that are in it like mark gross who played in the ellington orchestra and uh Bijan watson who was with like clayton hamilton and, and everything so like there's tons of people that have played in the bands making up this band um but the the songs that they were coming up with like you know i saw this and i thought it was a like a tribute at first to like dizzy or something mm-hmm. and it was like a play on the spell of the last name but it's actually to uh, randy gillespie the drummer or oh, okay. yeah. like there's a another track like melody for trayvon which is uh referencing like, trayvon martin and then, everything about it like there's another track that i almost picked eight ball side pocket which is actually a contrafact to uh corner pocket and so i don't know it's it's a really interesting record because i feel like so many of these songs have are like i mean i, w- I guess i can't say so many but a lot of them are, are very closely to re- related to like other things that you can imagine there's even another one um to whom it may concern, which can remind people of like Jack the Bear is like a comparison that they use for it. And another one is is uh, comparative to like trichotism and whatnot. So 
it's a really cool record. I mean, there's everybody. I, again, this is someone else, even though he played trumpet or he plays trumpet. I did not know well at all. Um, and is evidently up, you know, at the university of Manitoba and, and mm-hmm. doing great things with the band. Yeah. He's been up there for, for a little bit. A little, um, yeah, I just, uh, that's where I think I first met him. I played at the Winnipeg Jazz Festival. It was the first time I ran into him. Hmm. But uh, yeah, great musician. It sounded like right there where I kind of cut off the track. It sounded like Vincent Gardner's definitely in the trombone section. I mean, I would be surprised if he's not a part of the band. Yeah, um, it sounded like it for sure. Um, so let's keep moving, Derek Gardner. The Big Dig Band. I think I'm probably saying that wrong. The Big Dig Band. It's got an exclamation point right after. No, you're right. It's it's supposedly a reference to um, Steve Kirby, who was the co-leader of it, and uh, he was evidently also heavily involved in like the Dig magazine with Mm. the like D I G exclamation point magazine and whatnot. And so that was like where part of the name came from and and everything. And that's where they kind of run with it, you know. Oh, okay. I had no idea. no idea all right so i have no idea also about this next track tell what is this i have no idea about this next track but it's here so like like i say every month part of this is just a googling game okay i just google the stuff that just came out um and there was kamazi washington yeah so there was another project with kamazi washington that i couldn't necessarily um justify putting on here because it was like much more hip hop and it's it's called Dinner Party. If you want to go check it out, everybody, it's like also has Terrace Martin and Robert Glasper and everything. But this one is is a um, a, a very like modern approach on stuff that's like this all San Francisco compiled band for the most part with like Mike Blakenship on it or yeah, I think Blakenship playing organ. And uh, Matt Montgomery and Gregory Ho and, and Mike Hughes and everything from like San Francisco, but then Kamasi Washington and Eric uh, Jacobson <laughs> are featured on. So I don't know. It's definitely um, modern. <laughs> I think we can all agree that. Sure. But yeah. I don't know. I would never have called it uh, elevator music or anything. Um. But there, you know, there's a good variety throughout it. I think people will be into it. I think um, it's kind of showing more of the lines of like, you know, Christian Scott or or Kamasi's own music, and and like where you see a lot of people wanting to push the music um, that are growing up now with like the more electronics and the more uh, neo soul influence almost in it. Sure. Um. So yeah, it's just a cool bunch of variety. You know, I can't. I got no complaints with it. There's a lot of flugelhorn, but that's okay. It's cool. You don't like flugelhorn? I I think often, uh, and I'm not saying Eric is doing this on this record. I think often people forget it's like a different instrument. Uh-huh. And that's where my complaint comes to flugelhorn is when someone tries to play flugelhorn just like how trumpet is, which it's not, you know? Sure. I see. All right. I feel like there's more to this story, but we're going <laughs> to leave it. We'll leave it be for now. All right, let's fade out of this one uh okay and so going from one trumpet player to another trumpet player (laughs) eddie henderson the legendary eddie henderson 
which is wild because you say the legendary Eddie Henderson and like I've always known that Eddie Henderson is a big deal but I think you know just from my uh naiveness or whatnot I've never really knew how big of a deal Eddie Henderson was you know oh yeah learning like his first trumpet lesson was with Louis Armstrong you know and like he played in the messengers and he played in uh Herbie's Mwandishi band and and everything else so he was Why? also a professional ice skater. <laughs> All right, Eddie Henderson, <laughs> the professional ice skater, man. He was. Um, well, here's his new record. You know, it's been out. It hasn't done anything in, in a decade. Um, and it just so happened that also one of my favorite alto players is on it, Donald Harrison. So that's uh, a great plus, you know. And the band uh, or, or the rhythm section of Kenny Barron, uh, Gerald Cannon, and Mike Clark is none to frown at either. Um, so it was really cool. I think for me, this was a, a, um, like I had maybe like a preconceived notion of like what Eddie Henderson was and like his style of playing. And then this album, um, cause I've been checking it out for a couple of days and, and whatnot is like, not what I expected Eddie Henderson to sound like in my head. Okay. Um, I think I was attributing him to be like much more free and, and everything, but like, that's not, <laughs> this is putting forward and it's, it's cool. You know, again, like I'm just learning that I was completely wrong and had this misconception about it. Um, so do your homework, but yeah, it's a great album, you know, and it's just coming out on the, uh, what is it? I think smoke session, which is, yeah, I feel like lately has been taking a bunch of these like, giants of the music or whatnot and putting out some new releases from them that we've seen over the past, I don't know, year or whatnot. Um, so it's, it's a really cool release. I'm a new Eddie Henderson fan, you know, much more than I used to be uh, for all good reasons. For sure. And uh, yeah, totally. But plays, uh, plays all the styles, like all those guys. Right. Um all right, so now I gotta say it's a lot of trumpet players, Alan. We're going from Eddie Henderson to Charles Tolliver here with "Blue Soul" in the name of this track. Yeah, which is another. <laughs> Maybe I'm just gonna prove today that like I didn't learn as much as I should have in school, because Charles Tolliver is another one of those trumpet players that I knew existed. I knew it was very important, but I hadn't listened to a bunch of his stuff myself. Uh-huh. Um, and this actually came up. Uh, because I was looking up Buster Williams's stuff and, and, you know, it does the whole Spotify, like show up on all that. And, um, yeah, I mean, another heavy trumpet player, like with Jackie McLean and then into Horace Silver's band, uh, Roy Ayers, uh, I mean, what Gerald Wilson and Max Roach and everybody. So it was really cool. I mean, this track is, like this could hang today fine you know like i feel like for some reason people often give these this older generation some notion that like when they put out a new album it's going to be all standards or it's going to be stuff in like their wheelhouse what it is you know but this is something that i could see you know people my age writing or trying to write or whatnot and then charles tolliver just plays better than all of them <laughs> so I don't know. It's really cool. It's the tracks are definitely a little bit longer. Like it's only a four track, uh, album. Oh, um, 
but you know i'm i'm cool with it you know it's i think it's actually supposed to be a lp okay yeah that makes sense which would make a lot more sense um <laughs> but i don't know it's cool i mean the band is is him and, and jesse davis keith brown buster williams and lenny white um and so you know again it's just i guess the month of me getting re-educated or educated more i guess so yeah that makes sense there's a record i've been thinking a lot about that actually trying to go back to uh, making a little bit more concise of records music trying to like 40 minutes instead of an hour or whatever makes a big difference you got to be more focused and pointed with your statement rather than just rambling on and on putting 13 tracks on your record you know I mean, I agree, but I would think that there, you know, there can also be like, it's also balancing the length of songs, you know, like by no means am I going after Charles here, but you know, having a 15 minute or 16 minute track on an album is not always the most um, applicable nowadays to, to people, which is interesting. Cause I've seen other albums where they have like, you know, track one, two, and three don't have any break. Right. And so it really, it probably was like a straight 15 minute run or whatever, but they found spots to track it where it made sense, uh, which can, I don't know, I guess make it more approachable or whatnot. But yeah, yeah, just depends on the listener, I guess. But sometimes, you know, it's nice to have, I I like it. I'm I'm into it. Two tracks per side, just like, man, that's, it's kind of killing Uh, just to have that kind of comment. I guess I don't know if it's confidence, but it's like, I would think like, no, I need to put like eight songs on there, not four. Like that's not enough. How is that enough? So anyway, maybe I'm just uh, exposing my own uh, (laughs) inner, inner problems, but okay. So we're going to move from there to Art Blakey. This is that same re-release we've heard before, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. This is going to be the shortest presentation of an album i think we've ever done for this playlist Um, i think every single this album has put forward i have put on this playlist the bottom line is that it's the jazz messengers it was an unreleased album with blakey lee morgan hank mobley bobby timmons and uh jamie merritt um and this is bobby timmons tune quick trick and you will put it on and you will enjoy it because that is what (laughs) we, we will do i mean it's it's um so good and it's also from the year 1959 like what a year for jazz okay so um i don't know it's it's just one of those things man where it's so cool to be able to go find all these like unreleased stuff and and that's showing up everywhere like there's also some uh unreleased monk album that came out this month but it's not on spotify oh okay um but it's just it's it's cool to hear like the people that we've always looked up to putting out you know quote unquote new stuff um or whatnot but fun fact also another album that's like put together in the form of a uh lp even if it doesn't show up like that they that's the uh, original intention i guess they're doing like a side one and a side two yeah i mean they all the albums were like that then but yeah like this 38 minutes you know it doesn't have to right. be so long right i'm telling this i'm telling i'm talking to myself here just just you know my albums are always they're all over an hour i was trying to do vinyl so i was thinking about printing vinyl of my last record and then i realized that 
I can't because it's 65 minutes and there's no way to organize the tracks in such a way that without like taking them all out of order. Right. To, or I could have a, a sweet double EP or a double LP, but uh, then everyone would have to pay 50 bucks. Nobody's going to pay 50 bucks. Right. So <laughs> it's the weird balance, man. It's, it's just strange. You know, we've moved into a different era and then to try to go back, it's like, Oh, this doesn't really work. Can't really do right. it this way. Right. All right. So the next group is a really interesting group. Um, made up. It's kind of an all-star band of sorts. And it's called Artemis. They're also on the cover of Downbeat magazine this month. I just saw, maybe yesterday. Uh, that's Artemis. Yeah. I mean, I think you kind of phrased it best with an all-star group. I've also heard Supergroup be the name. You know. Oh, okay. Sure. So it's like led by. Um, Renee Rosnes. Rosnes. Renee Rosnes. Thank you. I'm going to just default for you to correct all of these. But it's joined also by like a Nat Cohen and Melissa Aldana, Ingrid Jensen. Uh, they're the the front horns, if you will. Um, and then Norco Ueda. Ueda? Ueda, yeah. Ueda, great. Playing bass. Allison Miller on drums and uh, Cecile McCorn Savant singing. Um, I'm I'm just really excited for all this because I've always heard them, you know, like I've checked out some of their individual albums, but it's always been more like I see them as a part of someone else's thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's cool that they now have like this own group. And this is a single off of the album, which I think is coming out in September um, called Goddess of the Hunt, which is very fitting because Artemis is the goddess of hunting. Um, so I don't know. It's wow. it's uh, it's really cool. It's also very complex all the way through. So, you know, this is one. This track was written by Allison uh, Miller, but there's, you know, Melissa wrote a track on there. They do a version uh, arranged by Ingrid Jensen of uh, "The Fool on the Hill," and like everyone kind of takes their own um, role. You know, everyone kind of contributes something to the album, and and it's it really is like seems like a um, gathering supergroup if you will you know yeah it's interesting to me how long it took for this to come out <clears throat> excuse me because i heard this band when i took my band to umbria in summer of 2017 and now that album is just coming out now it's kind of crazy how long it took but it's cool yeah i mean it's a it's it's really cool i mean like you said it's been one of those i think i first heard about this when um the other festival had uh, like a super band that was like Jameson and Cecile and oh the Monterey one Bria. yeah and that was like I think around the same time that I heard of it but you know everyone's putting together supergroups like there's always the Blue Note supergroup or everything that puts out the new right. album and whatnot so but I'm not against it like let's have the best of the supergroups you know yeah um, I don't know. I mean, but at the same time, it's kind of like it becomes difficult for anyone to put their stuff out when it's like it's you get these super groups and they're taking up all, um, like the momentum. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I love it. It's cool. It's just interesting that it's hard. It's it's interesting that it's hard, too hard for one name to draw enough. You know, like you got to have multiple names in order to just draw enough audience. It's a little bit sad. 
But, well, it's weird because wasn't it? I kind of thought I was under the impression that like super groups were always a thing, but they would like the labels would help put together the super group, but it would be to like drive one single person, you know, with like Roy yeah. Hargrove or, or, or someone, they would be like, okay, Roy, we want you to make these records, but like, let's make you some great band, you know, that's going to like help elevate. And now it's less of that. Like there's not one person in front mm-hmm. of it or whatever, you know, it's like a collective vibe almost. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it feels more like collectives to me than uh, than anything else at this point. I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, it's a great record, great group, great musicians. We're getting sidetracked. I'm causing <laughs> causing sidetracks <laughs> to our podcast today. Um, we got three more great tracks to get to. Uh, from next, well, this next one is from Gerald Clayton, uh, live at the Village Vanguard. Yeah, I mean, this is another album that uh, I've been really excited for uh, with Gerald Clayton's live band of uh, Logan Richardson on alto, Walter Smith III on tenor, Joe Sanders on bass, and Marcus Gilmore on drums. Um, I don't know. It's just really good. Like, this one kind of starts off fairly, um, I don't know, moody, if you will, or kind of, like, open, um, but quickly gets to, like, not that they settle on like a, like a fairly certain groove and you know like Walter takes some incredible solo and it's like it's it's a uh, it's just great to hear like when you when you do something like this and who knows you know sometimes these albums are done over two sets or or two nights or whatever and that way they at least have multiple takes they can choose between but just the energy of like a live record and i've said it before and will say it until i die is so much different than a lot of studio sessions um and i think you can really tell yeah of course i know your live live recordings are your jam i mean yeah it's no it's no dig at people that do studio sessions because a lot of them a lot of those albums are still great but there's just um I don't know. It, it gives a sense of uh, genuality, if you will, you know, like tries to embody what ideally this entire music is. I think, you know, like in the yeah. moment and at the venue, that it's what it is. Like, I love the Winton ones, the, their Village Vanguard, where he's like introducing the band and he's like, it's 430 in the morning at the Village Vanguard on a Thursday. Like, yeah, come on. Can't get, yeah, it's yeah, uh, it's the real deal. Um. Yeah, but this one is one that's an hour and 15 minutes. All long tracks. But, you know, got to have got to have uh, variety. <laughs> All right. We can't go wrong with this next artist. Christian McBride. Can't exclude him from a playlist. Uh, this is uh, the big band. Yeah, I'm... So this is uh, Pie Blues, which... Uh, I'm pretty sure um, Jody Francesco is playing on again, but there was finally like a review that came out of this. Cause you know, they've been releasing singles for the upcoming album or whatnot. And it fine. I don't know why, but it finally clicked that this was supposed to be like reminiscent of like those Jimmy Smith and Wes Montgomery big band sessions that they basically yeah. had. Um, yeah and it just clicked there we are you know like the rhythm section is all um 
McBride, DeFrancesco, uh, Mark Whitfield, and Quincy Phillips, you know, and then like mm-hmm. the big bands, like, I mean, the trumpet section's pretty kill. Like, <laughs> like yeah. it's McBride's Stand, band. It's band. It's a good band. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm really excited for them to all come out. You know, it's uh, it has a version of Down by the Riverside, which is going to be. I'm very excited for because like that is one of like the best big band versions I think of when I think of like the Jimmy Smith, West Montgomery version. And it's a bunch of uh, standards and, and everything. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. Like I'm, I feel like I'm just rambling here because I shouldn't have to really explain this album or why oh, people sure. should be into it, but it's, huh. it's an incredible um, album. And I, and I, like you said, it's the band is stacked. Yeah, and I think this is this their second or third. This might be their third big album as a big band. Yes, I think it's their their third. Yeah, yeah, great band. I'm sure they were planning on having a lot of concerts this year that maybe are not happening, just yeah. like everybody, unfortunately. But uh, let's keep moving. We got one more track. I've been checking out this record also. This is uh, Christian Sands, great pianist and uh his new record be water yeah i mean it's another one of those that i'm i we've talked about before when the singles were coming out and i mean the band is christian sands and yasushi nakamura um marcus strickland sean jones steve davis marvin sewell and then clarence penn like it's a incredible uh band that's very um they all bring like their own unique um, perspectives and like Christian's own background. I'm like playing with McBride and then like Gregory Porter and Ulysses Owens and everything. Like it's there. Um, he just has so much experience and whatnot to drop on and, and like the perspective. And so for me, you know, like it's, we always talk about how we want to be those sidemen or whatnot, but it's so interesting. Then like, when someone comes out with their own project again and like how everything they've done then like informs, you know, that direction or also like the other stuff that they've just wanted to do themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. This track features uh, Marcus Strickland on it. And I mean, it definitely, uh, it gets into some things, you know, Marcus can do a lot of stuff on the saxophone. Oh yeah, a lot of things uh, I don't understand, and <laughs> but uh, things that you always sit there and you're amazed by, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a master, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, he's got just a wide range of influences. You can't uh, can't deny that. But yeah, that's an interesting point that you bring up about the side man versus leader thing, and yeah, I think it's important for young musicians to make sure that they don't. Like they don't get too far down the sideman route if they ever want to be leaders, because then you got to, you're starting from scratch whenever that time is, you know, it's like, right. I, I feel like it's important to, you got to do both or else, or else you're starting from scratch whenever you decide you want to be that person, that leader person. Right. It's pretty hard to only be a side person these days. <laughs> it's pretty hard to do anything in jazz these days when there's no, nowhere to perform. That's for sure. <laughs> What's uh. So that's the playlist, but let's, what's the, what's the deal with the Nashville scene? Are you, is people, are people playing there yet? Ooh. Um, is Rudy's back open? What's happening? So Rudy's is doing live streams as of now. Um, the other venue, um, 
which I should know the name of. It's the one that you've played when you've come through town. Oh, the workshop, jazz workshop? Workshop, yeah. They were moving um, before all of this even happened. So originally they're supposed to open in the spring and this has kind of just uh, delayed that or a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there really isn't a scene yet back Happening. Yet, you know? yeah. yeah, it's we're in a very weird spot. Like Tennessee is definitely not doing great with all mm-hmm. of this. Um, Broadway, which is kind of our like, strip bar area is catching a lot of flack and they're opening back up and the singer songwriter cover groups are like trying to get back to work. Um, Mm -hmm. The studio scene is like reopening in some manners, you know, it's obviously very different. It's a lot has changed. Um, I mean, who was it? There was someone on Instagram the other day, um, Roshan, he was, he was going to go do a studio session and he said, uh, he posted a picture of like he had to do a blood test before he could get in to prove, you know, he wasn't sick. Yeah. Wow. So was that in Nashville or somewhere else? No, no, it was just uh, somewhere else. You know, that's just someone I'm um, following or, or whatnot. So yeah, classic know. trumpet player stuff, <laughs> you know, trumpet players and their blood tests. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's still weird. Definitely weird. Definitely weird. But things will we will move forward so that's our playlist for this month uh if you want to find it you can find it on spotify just search for this is jazz today and it says curated by outside of music if you like what you hear why don't you follow the playlist because uh we're adding new tracks every month and like alan was saying spotify does not make it easy to like search for new stuff coming out whenever i look go on the new tab it's like stuff that's really old they don't they don't uh update it so it's if you don't to save if you don't want to have to do any searching uh we're kind of trying to make sure that you know what's happening so follow that playlist share it with some friends if uh if you like what you hear and uh, we'll be back in a month uh with some more releases and uh it's getting into busy time for all these releases august and september are usually pretty uh jam-packed especially with everything being pushed back from the spring of this year, 2020. So there'll be lots of great music and uh, we'll be back in a month. So thanks for being here and we'll see you next time.